0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. This is the second Sunday of Lent. We have six Sundays, including Palm Sunday, on our way to uh, Holy Week, to Good Friday. As you remember from Ash Wednesday, our purposes in Lent are self-examination. We're supposed to be examining ourselves and uh, seeing clearly our own sin, and so our need for a Savior. The practices by which we do this are fasting, almsgiving, regular, focused, disciplined prayer, and a focused, disciplined reading of God's holy word. These four acts are a kind of a window washing, a cleaning, so that we can better perceive ourselves, our own intentions, our own acts, so that we can again more clearly see our need for a savior, So that on Good Friday, we can understand with true compassion and thanksgiving what our Lord has done for us. We know of our need for a Savior. And then having received that great love and compassion from Him, we can better rejoice and celebrate Easter Sunday. So as we look at these acts, we start to think about uh, what it means to have faith and what it means to participate with the Lord. And of course, to do that, we have to go all the way back to Abraham, who is the father of faith. So we have to look at why is it that he's called the father of faith, and what does this mean? So Abram, as you see, has left Haran, and we see specifically that the Lord tells him to leave his family and his home. This is the beginning. The Lord is saying, separate yourself from what's come before. That's repentance isn't it Uh, that self-examination to say this is who i was and what i had done before i'm going to separate myself from that and i'm going to be focused upon the lord the lord says to leave that place and then to go into the promised land that this place that i've declared for you it's important that we recognize also that abram had not been there he did not know what that land was he hadn't seen it before and so this is important for us as well when we consider faith, that this is the Lord telling us to do something that we've never done before. To leave something that's familiar, to leave what we've done before, our old habits and our own practices, and to go to something new that we, we haven't seen or tried. And so at the beginning of this uh, is where a lot of people get stuck. They think that uh, just to know that the Lord speaks or to know that the Lord is, is enough. Right? And this is the the falsity of the enlightenment and and of so much of modern day thinking, uh, that just a belief in the head or a thought in the mind is faith. Well, that's ridiculous. Right? That would be like saying that Abraham uh, knew that the Lord called him and so said, Well, that's enough. The Lord spoke to me as if that was something. All the people around him knew Uh, who the Lord was. They knew uh, who it was that they came from. They knew the stories of of Noah, and and they knew his faithfulness to the Lord. Uh, The idea of, of knowing the Lord wasn't significant to them. Indeed, going someplace noon wasn't necessarily significant. What's important is that Abram actually tied his sandals and went. That's why he's the father of faith. Not because he knew the Lord, or not because he listened to what the Lord had for him to do, but because he did it. And that's what separates Abram from everybody else around him. And it's what separates those who are cursed from those who are blessed. And we read that we will all be blessed through Abram. That is, through that participation in faith. Now he's going to the land of Canaan, and when we read Canaan, we immediately should be thinking of uh, the Canaanites uh, descended from Canaan and from Ham, his father, right? It was just a couple of chapters ago that we read about Noah and Genesis, right, and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and you remember that it's Ham that saw his father's nakedness, and he's a voyeur, right? Ham sees his father's nakedness, and he says, hey, get a load of this. That's a voyeur. Right Shem and Japheth cover their father. right? They cover his nakedness. They perform an act of righteousness, and this is who Abram is descended from. So he's going to the land of a people that have received curses because they've not lived according to the law of God. they've lived in, in sin, and eventually his family's going to take that land because of their righteousness, which means that they're obedient to God. You have to remember that Abram is a rich man, that he has lots of people with him. We read that he and Lot have gathered a great many people. This isn't just one dude on a camel or with a wife and a couple of kids. This is a great nation of people. He is a prince of people. He's got a lot of people depending on him. A lot of people who are turning to him for their provision. So this isn't just Abram stepping out on his own. This is him preparing and moving a great multitude of people with him. And faithfulness. Saint Paul tells us what this is. He he understands faithfulness and he explains it to us in a very uh, purposeful way. And what he's talking about here is he's talking about uh, circumcision as a sign or a sealing of righteousness and faith. And he's talking about works. As a definition for circumcision and the practices of keeping the law, like the food purity laws. And what St. Paul is saying is don't mistake the difference between this seal or this sign and faith itself. That would be like saying that I'm engaged because I've got a ring. That's not why you're engaged. You're engaged, right, because two people said, we're going to move forward together in marriage. We're going to live together. The ring is a sign. It's a symbol. It's a seal of that promise. But it's not the engagement. The engagement is the agreement between those two people. Again, it would be like saying that, uh, asking somebody, are you married? And they said, well, we had a wedding. Okay. A wedding is not a marriage. It's important. It's following the law. It's a sign. It's a seal. But it's the seal of a marriage, which is something much more, which is living together in unity and harmony. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what faith is. Faith is living with God in unity. It's listening to His voice. It's being obedient to His will. That's what faith is. And so he's saying, don't mistake circumcision, this seal or this symbol, for a life of faith. He's saying that Abram was sealed in his faith by being obedient in righteousness to God. And then that, that happened before he was circumcised, of course. Because hopefully, before we've been engaged or before we've been married, we've had an agreement. Right? There's been a coming together and there's been an agreement. Right? So what's been done, that falling in love and that agreement to live together, all has to happen before the wedding and before the engagement. And so St. Paul is saying, we have to have faith in God. We have to live with him before we're circumcised. And it's just a seal. It's a symbol of that agreement that we have. And so this is the understanding that we have to have when we see Nicodemus coming to our Lord in secret at night. Why does he do that? Because he's afraid. For good reason. He does not have faith. He does not trust in the Lord. He has what we call very simply a kind of thin belief, right? And he comes and he whispers that to Jesus. I believe that you come from God. And the result of that is, so what? That means nothing. And Jesus says as much when he tells him, The answer to the question that he should have asked. What Nicodemus should have been asking is the why to Jesus' how, which is to be baptized. He should have said, how can I enter into the kingdom of God? How can I participate in the kingdom of God? That's the question that Nicodemus should have asked. And so Jesus answers it. He says to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to be born again by water and the spirit. This is baptism. From the time of the apostles, we wash with water and we seal with the oil of chrism and the Holy Spirit. This is being born again of water and the Spirit, right? And this is what Jesus says. This is what you have to do to enter into the kingdom of God, right? This is the answer that St. Peter gives when the crowd in Jerusalem on Pentecost says, What now shall we do? He says, Repent and be Baptized. Jesus is saying, okay, you say that you know that I'm from God. Now you need to repent and be baptized. And so he says, just because you've been washed and just because you've received that seal, don't think then that you have control of the Holy Spirit. He says the Holy Spirit goes where the Holy Spirit wants to go and does what he wants to do. Don't think that now it means that God is going to be at your direction. You're going to blow where the Spirit wills, not the other way around. So don't get confused in thinking, now that I've been baptized, I can take control of my life and do things my way and tell God what it is that I want. This is another confusion that people have in the church. Well, now I've got faith, I can start telling God what it is that I want Him to do, and He'll do it. And Jesus is saying, the Spirit blows where the Spirit will. It's our job to follow. And then He goes deeper than that, and He gives us this incredible allegory or analogy... For how it is that we're supposed to live from the wilderness wandering of the Israelites. This is, to my mind, a very strange story. Do you remember this from from the, the wilderness wandering where they're sinning against God and he sends snakes to bite them and they're dying in the wilderness from these snakes? Do you remember this story? And so, uh, they're crying out for help. And so Moses turns to the Lord and the Lord tells him something that to my mind is very strange. He says, make a brass serpent and put it on a pole and tell the people, if they look at the brass serpent, the snakes will no longer be able to kill them. That's a strange thing. What's so strange about that? It's a paradox, right? Right. That's what's strange about Christianity. A paradox is two things that seem to be contradictory that are actually in agreement. So the brass serpent is reminding the people sin is dead. God is one. Those snakes are dead to you. They have no power over you. Look up and be reminded that God is in charge. When they realize that God is in charge of protecting them and that he has destroyed death, they're free from sin and its consequences. This is why Jesus says, you have to look upon me who has been lifted up by the Father and the same way as that brass serpent. We look up to our Christ on the cross and there's not magic that happens when we see that, but we're reminded that death has been destroyed. He's destroyed death. He's won. Sometimes we start to get really anxious, don't we? About our lives and what's going to happen and what are we going to do and what about all these dangerous things and oh no, doom and gloom. What's going to happen? We get into all this fear and we get ourselves all worked up. He's won. And when we look at him on the cross, we're reminded he won. Death has been destroyed. So Jesus is saying, remember that God is one, you have nothing to be afraid of, follow the Holy Spirit and baptism, and be renewed in faith to live in relationship with God. The great thing is, we see Nicodemus do this. This isn't the last time we see Nicodemus in St. John's Gospel. He comes again a few chapters later. This time, he's actually grown in faith. So he has the courage now. He has the courage to speak up in front of the Sanhedrin. He speaks up on behalf of Christ in front of the Sanhedrin. So now he's gotten the courage to speak boldly. But that's not enough either. We see him yet again. And he's counted as righteous along with the myrrh women who are examples of courage and obedience to God. Along with the myrrh-bearing women and St. Joseph of Arimathea, when Christ is dead upon the cross, they have the boldness to go to Pilate and to receive his body and to care for it in love and compassion. Nicodemus, along with St. Joseph of Arimathea, risks everything his wealth, his social standing, everything that he has, he risks by caring for Christ's body and laying it in the tomb. And he has become now a very public disciple. And that's the path that we are invited to take with the Lord as well. We're not relying on a seal, we're not relying on a symbol. We are growing every day in faith, which means obedience to God in righteousness. Putting everything on the line to serve him. So that we may with Abraham be children of God in faith. May we serve him with boldness this day and forevermore.